Hello and welcome to the Times Business Podcast, where we'll be looking ahead to what the Treasury is calling anyway the summer budget. I'm Robert Muller. I'm joined by Richard Fletcher, business editor of The Times, Philip Aldrich, our economics editor and columnist, and Catherine Hopkins, our economics correspondent. A warm welcome to you all. Philip, let me start with you. It's the first budget from a Conservative government as opposed to the coalition since 1997. How will George Osborne going to make his mark? Productivity. He's definitely pitching this budget as the budget to improve productivity. I think there's a productivity plan coming out alongside the actual numbers and the policy uh, statements. Um, so, you know, he's, he's clearly going to sort of pitch it as um, a budget for Britain's future and uh, prosperity. Now, it's been trailed. I mentioned earlier in the headline there that the summer budget, uh, it's been called that on the Treasury website, but many others are referring to it as an emergency budget. Is it? And if so, why? I think it is the summer budget. It's not the emergency budget because that's what we had in June 2010 when we really were in an emergency. I can't imagine the Chancellor after five years in the Treasury declaring the country is still in a state of emergency uh, under his watch. So uh, I I don't think he'll be using the word emergency. The first budget after an election is normally quite a painful one, isn't it, for us uh, beleaguered taxpayers? Are we... um are we expecting this one? I mean, there's obviously going to be some tax cuts. We expect some changes to inheritance tax. Um, and there's been some speculation about the top rate, although that, that may be misplaced, who knows. But but is it going to be quite a painful one? We expect it to be quite painful, don't we? Yeah, it's going to be painful for certain sections of society, clearly. I mean, he, he the, the £12 billion of welfare cuts are at least... A large slug of those, that 12 billion is, is going to be outlined. Uh, then there's the, another 30 billion plus of departmental spending cuts uh, to come. So, you know, th- there are going to be uh, cuts in public services, cuts in, you know, s- uh, civil servant jobs. There's going to be cuts to housing benefit. There's going to be ta- cuts to tax credit. I mean, th- th- he, he may be bold enough to lower the top rate of income tax from 45 to 40p, which is a tax giveaway to millionaires. I mean, that is not, not going to make him popular. Um, so as, you know, as it is the first budget uh, of this parliament, if he's going to do unpopular things, uh, this is the time to do it. Phil, this is also going to be his first budget without Rupert Harrison, his right-hand man behind his side. And many people have said that he's been the architect of lots of conservative policies since 2010. Do, do you think his absence is going to make any difference? Yeah, I mean, Rupert was clearly a huge brain and a huge political brain, and he's, he was extremely economically economically sound. But he's got a, a Neil O'Brien, I think, used to be at Policy Exchange as uh, his economic advisor there um, and he's uh, he's renowned to be you know, absolutely excellent he's been uh, pushing the northern powerhouse stuff as well uh, which clearly is politically working for uh, the chancellor so you know maybe rupert has been succeeded uh, by neil who's who's going to be just as good a pair of hands i mean it's a great tack tactician as well as a as well as a chancellor as you say there's going to have to be some really quite severe cuts to the welfare budget which then makes it quite difficult for him to give to give some giveaways in terms of the the presentation of the budget so for example the bank levy uh, given the threats from hsbc to leave the country you you would expect there to be perhaps a cut in the bank levy or at least no rise but that's quite difficult for him to do isn't it given well, that it, it be seen to be sort of giving away to bankers whatever your views on whether the bank levy i reckon he can probably it. get get round that by by reorganising the the bank levy, so he still takes the same amount of money, 
but uh, he'll take more of it from Lloyds and RBS and less of it from HSBC and Standard Chartered, who say that they only have small balance sheets in the UK and most of their business is outside. So what's what you know? So why more is the from us the taxpayer if it's from Lloyds and R- uh, RBS? It'll cut. Co- I guess I guess through they'll raise their costs, I suppose. So it'll come back to us uh, eventually. Uh, yeah, I can't think. I can't imagine he'll actually cut the, to- the 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 bank levy. That would be that would be another unpopular thing to do. But you never know. And non-dom reform? Are we going to see some reform of the non-dom rules? There's been some speculation about uh, about changing uh, the, the non-dom arrangements. Obviously, Labour were pushing the agenda uh, uh, quite hard. In, you can inherit inherit your non-dom status at the moment, which seems uh, you know, pretty ridiculous. And he may uh, make it more expensive to uh, to maintain your non-dom status. So you have to at the moment you have to pay an annual sum to classify as non-dom so that your external income outside the UK is not taxed. Uh, he may he may he may raise that amount to, uh, to, to to raise a little bit of money. Housing's also going to be another big issue again at the summer budget, not the emergency budget. George Osborne has done a lot on um, stoking demand and some commentators believe he's done too much to stoke demand and not enough to help boost the chronic lack of supply of new homes. So the um, property industry will definitely be looking for some measures here, but wh- whether we, we see anything significant We'll, we'll have to wait and see until next week. What are they calling for in the property sector, though, that they think would actually help them without stoking house price inflation that you just referred to? That, well, there's a few things in terms of planning that they, they're always calling for the government and local authorities to make the planning process much easier. And there, there is um, a lot of worry as well when um, George Osborne wheels his axe that he could hit planners, so um, some of plan of the planners across the UK could get cut, which would slow the process even more. Um, and then the industry, as always, is also calling for the release of more green belt land, more government land, and more brownfield land. Richard, business. How important is this for them, given that we've already had a budget and a lot of times the policies take some time to feed through? How much store are they setting by this, emergency or otherwise? Oh, this is hugely important for, for, for you know for business. This is a, there's a lot to go for. So, as Phil said, there's going to be a lot about productivity. Uh, we may see some, uh, we may see plans to create more uh, apprenticeships. We're going to see there's speculation we could see reform of capital gains tax, and we could see some changes to the sort of annual investment allowance. And then there are some more radical left field suggestions that we could see so you know this is a chancellor who's traditionally has pulled a big rabbit out of the hat so we obviously saw that with annuities uh, we've seen that in other areas so uh, there could be some changes to the way we allow companies and individuals to uh, treat interest before the tax line which phil has written about in the past uh, and 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 the chancellor when he was shadow chancellor spoke about um, so we could see some changes there. So yeah, this is this is a really really important budget, and it's also interesting. It's the first conservative. It's the first budget, you know, as a conservative rather than a coalition. So which interestingly means we may we may move back to the more traditional. We see less leaks. So you know, it, because we had the Lib Dems and Conservatives in coalition, they both. You know, because they both sort of briefed against each other, if you like, they leaked, and we've got used to knowing exactly what's going to be in the budget before before he stood up. But for some of us who are slightly older and greyer, you know, the, there, there was a time when actually you, you everything was a surprise, and if you had one or two leaks the weekend before, that that was unusual. So who knows? Maybe this 
the, the, the papers this weekend will have been full of lots of speculation, uh, well-placed speculation, maybe not. But, but so it's a completely new, it's a new budget. It's, a, it's the first he's delivered as a, as a government rather than a coalition. I just want to pick up the debt interest stuff because it is really interesting. The, uh, the UK is far more generous than, than European countries and, and the US even on uh, the way companies are allowed to offset their interest costs against their corporation tax and there is international legislation going through being organized which by the OECD out of Paris uh, which the Chancellor has been backing very strongly which will change those rules if there's going to be global coordination on policy on debt interest that's going to be coming into effect or at least uh, should be coming into effect near the end of the year so he could he could well sort of preempt that and actually uh, say that he's going to introduce less generous terms on debt interest relief which could be quite a big revenue raiser um, in terms of individuals buy to let investors will hate it because you can load up on masses of debt uh, when you buy you know, 75%, 80% loan to value. Uh, when you buy a, uh, a, a property on buy to let, you don't have to, you, you do interest only repayments. So you, and then you can offset those interest payments against your taxes elsewhere, your income tax, I think. Um, and so it's very, very attractive for buy to let for landlords and they won't like it if he does introduce this. Catherine, these are complex measures, as, as Phil was just uh, pointing out, changes to the tax regime uh, and other legislation. You've worked in the Treasury. Tell me, at this stage of the planning, is there still room for manoeuvre that they suddenly have a brilliant idea, or is it all pretty much set in stone? Just describe the atmosphere. What's it like? Well, I worked at the Treasury in 2010 for a year, so I've only got um, experience of um, the emergency budget. So it that, that was obviously a very different experience because there were um, two parties in power, so it, it could be different in, in other years. Um, but normally at this stage, um, they've got most of the big policies in place, but there's still a lot of fine-tuning and you have to get everyone to agree on all the numbers and there'll be lots and lots and lots of checking to make all, all the numbers are watertight. But everyone at the Treasury will be extremely busy now in, in the run-up to to next Wednesday there'll definitely be lots and lots of late nights especially for the Chancellor as well and on Tuesday night as always he'll be ordering either his Domino's pizzas or his Byron burgers. Yeah he got in trouble didn't he with the Byron burgers. We're at a risk of doing a bit of an Ed Miliband here and we're not even mentioning the deficit which is ki- clearly quite a big uh, a, a big issue in the yeah, I've never doing Ed Miliband. Obviously, one of the reasons why... The, I mean, this is going to be another austerity budget. Um, it's going to be tax... They're going to be raising revenues, or they're going to be making savings, rather, and it's unlikely they can do an awful lot on tax, but there's going to be all these cuts to welfare. The chances are hands are tied because he's he's set this goal to uh, to have eliminated the budget uh, deficit by 2018-19. Government borrowing costs have risen since March, so uh, when you put those projections through the official numbers, it's going to be harder than it was back in March for him to, to hit his uh, his targets so he's got that headwind on top of uh it's it's something like uh 12 billion of welfare cuts and 30 billion of of departmental spending cuts to deliver it, you know at the moment we've still got a five percent budget deficit that's going to come down to zero by 2018-19 so uh, getting the public finances in order still will be you know absolutely central to uh, to, to what he's announcing so you've got the budget deficit you've got the deficit that obviously he's not going to forget like ed miliband clearly yeah. We've got the welfare cuts, as Richard, you both said, productivity. 
Is there, do you think, something that he could still have up his sleeve that's going to make us all feel just a little bit better? I don't think it's... I, I personally don't think he's got the room to give us some kind of touchy-feely, happy budget. I mean, the emergency budget back in 2010 uh, was, uh, wasn't particularly uh, taxpayer-friendly. And in, in a fixed-term parliament, you know, he's got five years get the pain over and done with now and be in the position in four years time for a great big giveaway budget just before we all return to the polls and that will do you think that the, the business will accept that then along with a few sweeteners well i mean it's he, he doesn't aim his budget at business he aims his budgets at, at the electorate do you think though that overall catherine that you were there as you said during the emergency budget it was a different situation but things are fundamentally much sounder now in, in terms of the economic situation, yes, obviously we're in a, we're in a very difficult situation back then, and um, and things have improved. But but as the Chancellor says all the time, this is still still a long way to go, and we'll have to feel um, a bit more pain until until things get better but but he is always keen even though we're, we're not going to see um lots of rabbits in the hat this year i'm sure we'll see um one or two where he will try and make households feel a bit better so at the autumn statement we had um the help to buy isa which will help sort of first-time buyers to save up so perhaps we could see um see something similar to that well, osborne has been incredibly clever he manages to dress up uh, reforms such as the um, the changes to annuities, which are actually revenue raising, and he dresses up as great reforms. So he he is very good at finding you know ways to raise revenue, but but while at the same time presenting it as a giveaway. That was a big revenue raiser, and you know a radical shift uh giving the, the whole sort of giving freedom to pensioners was the narrative that has dominated out of that rather than the money that was raised and there was there was you know multi-billions of money of uh, extra tax revenues as people are you know cashing in uh their their annuities now and paying the tax on that well you'll be able to find out actually what does happen on the day and of course keeping in touch with business news wherever you are when it happens uh we got analysis with our experts uh, from our team and uh, on our business now live blog that's on the business page of our website and it's also in a pop-up form so that's easier to read and if you are a time subscriber you can sign up to our daily morning and uh, lunchtime emails that's going to keep you up to date with all the latest news and if you don't have a subscription well there's a special one pound offer you can get that by going to thetimes.co.uk and if you want to hear us weekly subscribe through itunes my thanks to Catherine hopkins richard fletcher and philip aldrich don't forget follow Follow them all on Twitter. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for downloading. To discover more, head to thetimes.co.uk. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program.